0: Yeah, okay. Good morning, everyone. Our, our learning this morning is going to be sponsored, Le'Ili Nishmas, uh, Rabaran's father, Pesach ben Ramasha whose yard site is today. And, of course, we welcome the Tuch Sanim, Jacob and CJ. You uh, elevate our presence uh, by being here. In this week's parasha, uh, Dina goes out to socialize amongst uh, the surrounding nations. Vateyze Dina Baslea and because of that, she becomes um, entangled in a relationship with Shem ben Hamar, which already at that time, the Rav notes in the Sefer and Chumash, was prohibited uh, as part of the gzera against intermarriage that was instituted by the Beisdin of shame, generations earlier. But because of this uh, fear, and by socializing with the Umus ha'olam that might lead uh, one to intermarriage, Chazal instituted a number of Harchokis, a number of gzeras, in order to prevent this from occurring. And these are listed by the Mishnah Meseklas of the Zerah, on Lamet One of them is Pasakum, we cannot eat the bread that was baked by a non-Jew, uh, or, or Stam wine that was uh, touched or handled, or produced by a non-Jew. And the third gzera of this uh, genre is Shlokos, is what's known as Bishul Akum, is uh, taking uh, items that were cooked uh, by a non-Jew. Even if all of the ingredients are kosher, and as we'll see, even if a Jew observed the process of the cooking, but he was not the, involved in the cooking at all. So we know that there's no chafe uh, of food that was mixed in. Nonetheless, it is still prohibited because of bishalakum, uh, because if we'll eat uh, that which uh, they uh, cook or uh, manufacture, produce, so that might lead us to uh, associate with them, to socialize gratuitously, it could lead to intermarriage. So if you look at Rashi there in the Mishnah, Rashi says shum All of these gzeris were imposed, were instituted out of a fear of, of intermarriage. Rashi, though, uh, later on in the Gemara Masef, <coughs> offers a slightly different uh, reason for this gzera. The Gemara, on Lama Zayn, Mabayi, suggests that perhaps the Yisra of Bishalakim is, in fact, an Yisra, not just the gzera of Chazal. Because the Gemara asks me, how do we know that there's an Yisra of what? Shlokos means cooked vegetables, but to eat uh, cooked uh, things, things that were cooked by an Anju. So, Amar Abkhiyah Barab, Amar Abiyach, Amar Kroh, Oichal, Bakesh, Tish, Bireini, Vochalti, Umayim, Bakesh, Levi, Shosisi. That's a Pesach in Parashas Devarim when Moshe Rabbeinu is asking Sichon uh, of Ammon and Moav if we can pass through their lands. And he tells them, don't worry, we're not going to take your food without paying for it. We're going to pay for our water. We'll pay for the food that you give us. <coughs> so the Gemara su- suggests that perhaps just like the water was not cooked, you know, it was uh, not produced um, you know, by the non-Jews and we were allowed to drink that, the food that we were asking uh, that we would pay for and that we would eat was also that it was not uh, cooked by the non-Jew. Just like the water is not cooked, the food is not produced, is not, uh, is, not, uh, is not cooked either. Then the Gemara says, what, it's not processed at all? We can't take flour from the non-Jew? That's not similar to the water? Flour of a non-Jew is also prohibited? He took grains and he milled it into flour? No, nah. the Gemara says, of course that's permitted, as long as we know he didn't mix anything else in. So the Gemara says it cannot be that this is in fact the dindari rise to the food, was, it was allowed to be you know, uh, uh, produced somewhat. It can't be that it was exactly as is. It grew from the ground. Of course, they were allowed to have flour that was milled from the grain. So rather, it doesn't mean specifically uh, only foods that weren't cooked, um, because uh, that, that was never a din raisa. But it's an asmachta, at least perhaps miderabbanon for this gzeirah of Chazal. That just like the water we took from Ammon and Moya wasn't cooked, so too all the food that we took perhaps was not cooked. So Rashi, over there, on that Gemara, where the Gemara says it's only a Din mid-rabbanan, but the, the Pasik is an Asmachta. So if you look over here in the first bracket of all these bays, Rashi says... That the Easter is because of, we're afraid, he might mix in non kosher food, which is a legitimate concern, of course. <laughs> so the, that was the motivation, an additional motivation perhaps, for the Xera against Bishulakum. Rashi earlier told us it's Mishum chasna, so presumably Rashi doesn't mean to disagree with that, which he said earlier, but to add a secondary concern. Number one, it was prohibited because of intermarriage. If we'll eat the food that they cook, that might lead us to gratuitously socialize with them over the, over, in order to eat those foods together which could lead uh, to intermarriage, and because there's a concern that they might mix in uh, non-kosher food. Taisis <coughs> is not happy with this uh, second reason that Rashi suggested. Peyrez Rashi, the Rabbanon Gozo, Mishum Dachai Shema HaYachdu'enu Dvarum Tmeim, the second bracket on the Rashi says it's because they might mix in non-kosher food. V'yoyse erinir ala mishum chasnas, b'masnisen. Says Taisis, Rashi already said it's mishum chasnas, so that unless we come to uh, intermarry, and uh, Taisis thinks that that's the primary reason. These two reasons, though, perhaps there's a, a number of differences between them, whether which we, you know, which is the primary reason for the Xerah against Bishalakim. Was it because um, it might lead to intermarriage, or was it because uh, they might mix in uh, foods that are not kosher? The first uh, the important difference is already mentioned by the Chuva, where these uh, halachas appear in your Yerodea and Yod Gimel. The Pisrechuva, that what if the food is cooked by a mumar? By a person who abandoned uh, Yiddishkeit, abandoned Torah and mitzvahs. So <coughs> Gemara says, a mumar before he's machal in public, or he's a mumar kula. He doesn't fulfill the majority of the mitzvahs of the Torah." So dino ka'akum, has the status as a non-Jew, his shechita is not kosher. So would we say, as the status <coughs> of a non-Jew and the food that he cooks is bishalakum? Would we take it that far? After all, but is, he's still Jewish. If he wants to divorce his wife, he'll need a get. Uh, his daughter can marry a Jewish man. And if they have children, the children will be Jews. Yisrael shechata, afopi shechata Who, Even though a Jew sins, he's still considered to be a Jew. He hasn't forfeited his kedushas Yisrael. So if you'll marry his daughter, it won't be uh, intermarriage. But at the same time, uh, he's a mumar, dino ka'akum. So Tiferet el says, well, if it's because of chasno, it's only because uh, the chazal prohibited because it might lead to intermarriage. Here, there's no fear of intermarriage. But he says, if it's because he might mix in dvarum oh, so then he's a mumar, he's abandoned religion, he eats non-kosher food, he might feed me non-kosher food as well. So if the primary reason is, as Rashi told us later on, is because he might mix in non-kosher food, so that's a legitimate concern. Perhaps then the food that he cooks would be, uh, be Bisholakom. The Avnei Nezer, so the quotes both opinions. The Avnei Nezer says, no, even if it's Mishum Chasnos, even if it's because of intermarriage, um, he should still be included in the Gzerah of even though his child is Jewish and he's Jewish, it should still be included in the, in the Gzerah against Bisholakom. Because the Ran in Mesech uh, is discussing Stam Yenam, but the Ran in Mesech Tashchulin says that even if a Mumar, who again is Jewish and his children will be Jewish, touches the wine, handles the wine, the wine is still considered to be stamyenum. Why? Because it says the Rahn, nonetheless, he was included in the gzeir against stamyenum. So the Avnei Nezah, and that's quoted in the Shulchan and Hilchon So the Avnei Nezah argues that, that the same thing should be over here with regards to bishalakum, even if it was cooked by a mumar, uh, whose dinokakum, nonetheless, the food uh, should be um, Prohibited, even though it's not going to lead into marriage because his children are Jewish. How should we posk it on this issue? (coughs) So there's a a letter that was publicized by the Chazanish. Chazanish felt that we should be machmer on this. That Mumar, Chal for Hesia, Mumar, the food that he cooks is Bishol Akum, even though his children are Jewish and he's Jewish. However, a Moshe was Mako uh, on this issue in the, in the Igros Moshe. Most Pisgim nowadays are lenient on this because we don't even really have a Mumar Dino Ka'akum the, in the classical sense. It's not people who abandon religion. Most of the people that we have who are not religious nowadays were never exposed properly to religion in the first place, which we would describe as a Tino K'Shenishvah. They were taken captive in their youth and not given a proper education. So it's not that they abandoned religion, they were never exposed to religion in the first place, and therefore perhaps they should be excluded from all of this. So the standard custom, assuming that we know the food is kasher, that there was nothing was nothing was mixed in, the standard custom is to uh, be <coughs> lenient on this issue. Another uh, issue that perhaps hinges upon why, uh, why, why did Chazal institute the uh, against akum in the first place? Was it because... Uh, only because of intermarriage, or as Rashi suggested, because they might mix in uh, non-kosher food as well, is with regards to what's the status of the kalim. The Shulchan Aruch over here in Sift Hazayan, over here Oizhei, uh, quotes a machlex between the Rosh and the Rashba, that if a non-Jew cooks uh, food in kalim, so of course it would be prohibited because of Bishalakim, but what's the status with the kalim? Even if you're not going to eat the food, but what about the kalim? Do, they, do you have to kasher the kalim? So the uh, second opinion in Shulchan Aruch is that uh, you don't have to kasher the kalim. Why? The whole reason for the Gzaira uh, Bisholakim was because might, might, uh, we're going to socialize over the food that leads to marriage. Yeah, but here, the, the, we're going to cook in the kalim again another time. Stuff that was Bishol Yisrael, just because it was once cooked in the cleave by a non-Jew, that's going to lead to intermarriage because we're sharing kalim. That's not, it's only when you share the food that was cooked by the non-Jew, not when it was a pot that was cooked in by a non-Jew once upon a time. So why? therefore the pot should not require Hesher. I'm just confused as to why you yeah, have if I get, but in terms of potentially something yeah trick, why isn't that treated like any other suffix? In other words, it should be suffix either as ah. you suffer but why is there a special Indian for this as opposed to any other suffix that you do anything else halachically? Ah, because Kazal here made Xero. You're right. If, if I would come into po- upon a scene, absent this, you know, uh, excluding putting this gzair aside, I would c- come into my kitchen and I see my cleaning woman doing something in the kitchen. So I would say it's a suffolk. I don't know what she did. Let's presume that she did not going to risk her job to trafe up my kitchen. And let's assume that the kitchen is kosher. But Chazal, but she might have. It's totally possible that she did It could be totally possible she didn't. Chazal here came along and legislated uh, Anissa. Why is the question? Oh, so the question is why. So if it's because, out of a fear that even though it's 20% of the time, Chazal said, you know what, this is just a bad situation. We're going to answer the whole thing to prevent you from doing it in the first place. So perhaps uh, that was the motivation. Or perhaps it was a motivation out of just because of intermarriage. But you're right. We're not for this specific legislation. We might have said uh, we treat it like any other Suffolk. Uh, If it's Chazanist, then I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, gosh, it's, it's uh, you don't think it's a, 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 a significant possibility mm-hmm. that the non Jew would mix in non kosher ingredients. So that, then, it should be tahor. Yeah. Be yeah. yeah. Oh, so tam- al- if that's al- the al- reason, al- <laughs> that's what Rashi says. So if that's the reason, so then we understand. But perhaps we should treat it like macholos asuros. So if we treat it like macholos asuros, like tray for food, oh so then perhaps you already have to kosher the kalim. So over here, uh, even though we generally assume that the exer because of bishalachim, not like Rashi said, most rishonim disagree with Rashi. Most we should rishonim hold. That it's because of only because of chasnos uh, with regards to kashering the kalim, the minute it is to be machmer. And if a non-Jew cooks uh, something, which we'll have to see, there's a number of exclusions and limitations on bishalakim. But if you make it through all the hoops and it's it's, it's really bona fide bishalakim, so then uh, it's uh, one would have to kasher the kalim. It's an important thing also if one by you know someone in your house. Help in the house cooks improperly, and you know doesn't follow the rules that you laid out when you hire them. What you should do. So it's important to kosher the kli to let them know that this is not. There's consequences to it. It's not something that just like we say, all right, forget about it, then let's move on. It's a and the kelim can sometimes be as a, you know a teachable moment for everybody uh, for everybody in the house. But that's the minig is to, to kasha the kelim. Teizis goes on because the main motivation of Well, at least the way we assume with the exclusion of uh, koshering the kalim with the minigas to be machmer, we generally assume that the main motivation is because of uh, chasnos, is because it could lead to intermarriage. But even if it was because you might mix in non-kosher food, Tysus looked back at all his bays in the brackets. Second line of Tysus quotes him a It says, Avram ben Reb David, That's only when he cooks it in his house. I say he's working for me and he's cooking in my house. <coughs> he's cooking in my house with my ingredients and he's my hired help. Well, I'm going to marry the hired, mm. we're going to socialize now over the food and I might come to lead to marriage. he's working for me. Why are we going to, how is that going to lead to intermarriage? We're socializing in my house, on my turf. And uh, there's no fear that he's going to mix in Devarim Tmeim because he's using my ingredients. V'loi Hashem d'varim Tam. Tam did not agree with the raivid. since the non-Jews, the one who's cooking, lo'chil Chazal did not make a distinction in this g'zerah. It was what as we describe as a loy uh, plug. You know, it's, uh, it does not discriminate between the different situations and the details. Chazal prohibited this, whether it was in his house or is in your house. The this uh, machleikus appears in Shulchan Aruch and Siv over here Vav, Shulchan Aruch uh, writes Yesh Mishamata B'Shva That's based on the opinion of the Ravid that uh, that we can be ma- make if they if they work for us and they're in our homes. Mm-hmm. Not going to lead to intermarriage. And might not even lead to a fear of because he's using our ingredients. That was Rabbi Nutam who did not allow this. It was included in the Xero. But the Ramah is meiko. We could be meiko for those who are lenient on this. What does that mean? That means you could eat the food. That means if they work for you and it was in your house, it's a then you could eat the food, but you should still kasha the keli. the it means you could eat the food, yes, but it should still uh, kasha the keli. Rebbe is you don't even have to kasha the keli, because it's fake faker. Ah, maybe it works for me, so it's not going to, you know, it's in my kitchen, it's not going to lead to marriage. and maybe uh, you don't have to kasher keli and bishalakim in the first place. So it's a fake sveik, faker. So could be haki, you don't even have to kasha the keli, but um a person, if this happened, which, you know, most do not rely on this fake, fake Or most would, uh, most would assume that you have to kasha the kli as well. Since, again, because the gzera uh, over here is because of chassos, it might lead to intermarriage. So we have, and that's similar to pasakum, there's a kula that's known by pasakum as paspalter, which we all know about, that if it was uh, baked by a baker, who is not baking, uh, you know, just for me and him, that's, you know, an intimate situation. He's baking for the entire neighborhood. Whoever would like to come and buy that which he's uh, selling in his store. So then that's not going to lead to intermarriage. That's not in, uh, you know, any kind of a personal connection that we have. So we're, by Pasakum, pa, uh, pas even though you're not allowed to eat bread that was baked by non-Jew. An that's an individual private non-Jew. If it was baked by a paltar, so then it says in Shulchan Aruch we can be lenient, at least the Ramah is lenient, that uh, that, uh, that, uh, that, that can be allowed. made tshuva and on Shabbos we're machmir. Uh, Shabbos also not to rely on uh, on uh, Paspalter, but during the week we could be Mako with Paspalter. Should such a thing apply to Bishalakim as well? Let's say it's baked by a non Jewish caterer, but there's no personal relationship over here, so should that be permitted? So the are, oh, over here, Oizain writes in the Bede Habayas, that just like we have a heter of Paspalter by uh, Pasakim, so too we should have a heter of a bishol, uh, I wouldn't call it a paltar, a paltar is a baker, but, you know, bishol of a, a company or of a, you know, a caterer, that should be permitted because it's not any kind of personal relationship. He writes over here on the last line, just like by pass, we should be by akum. this never made it into the Shulchan Aruch. It's not even two opinions in the Shulchan Aruch, never made it in. Why? Because the assumption is that this was a cooler they introduced by pas akum, because the passage says in Pasha's Ekev, <laughs> that we don't live only on bread, but bread was a staple of every meal. Now we're like allergic to carbs, but in the olden days, uh, bread was the staple of every meal. So he couldn't live, but, but Pasachim was such a... Uh, I don't, uh, a difficult xera to keep, it was so uh, overwhelming that they had to introduce some kula, otherwise people wouldn't be able to make it without the, without the pasakum. So they had to pass palta. but over here it's not as crucial in order to eat the food that was baked by the non-Jew, uh, even in a catering uh, setting. <coughs> so therefore, Chazal, uh, Chazal perhaps uh, included even if it's not a personal relationship, it's not as onerous bisholakem as Pasakam, So perhaps uh, they never introduced the heter of a paspalter uh, by bishol. Nonetheless, uh, the Talmidim of Rabaisha, Reb Ruvain, and uh, his son and Reb Gedalia Felder who was one of the main Talmidim of Rav Moshe, quoted in the name of Rabaisha, that this is because we made a loy plug it's sir, when there's a personal relationship and it's an individual nachri, so it's sir when it was a company or a store or a caterer as well. But that's because I might come to allow that same cooking when there's a personal relationship. What if you have an item that is only baked in an uh, industrial setting? It, 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 such a thing would never be baked in a private setting. So you're never going to come to confuse the two. So just said in that situation he felt one could be lenient. So he was discussing uh, egg rolls, which is you know almost impossible to make in a private kitchen. I don't know. I don't know. We're not. It's not our you know our culinary uh, uh, lineage. But okay. But uh, but we don't make it. You know, it's usually made in a corporate setting, an industrial setting. So Ramiya was made by the egg rolls that it should not be bishulakim because it's never going to come to be confused. You don't know the guy who first of all is probably a guy pushing a button on a machine so it's not necessarily going to lead to intermarriage. And these uh, corporations somewhere, who knows, they're going to have to find, by the time you find the guy who was probably fired and they hired someone new. So, uh, well, Ramosha said, and no one bakes like this, it cooks like this in their kitchen. It's not going to come to be confused with that which we cook in the kitchen. So Ramosha was maker, which is uh, one of the Southern Lacour that many of the conscious organizations rely the, upon the crime, in the industrial setting. Of course, <laughs> you need a hashgacha. <laughs> you need a, you, you the hashgacha process because the, the material has to be, exposed. yeah, but sometimes, you can have if it's not fleshics will rely on a mashkiach whose yoytze or other things so, so but now if he's going to have to turn on the fire every day that's going to, going to be, become much more much more uh, labor intensive so in, in industrial settings especially where things are produced elsewhere and you have people who visit to check on the kashos but they're not always there this is one of the coolers they rely upon. Chazanish, in that letter, um, which we mentioned before, which was publicized in recent times, so the Chazanish was machmer on this. He says, it makes no difference whether it was, uh, whether it was uh, uh, you know, Jews, who's not Shemitaran mitzvahs, as we mentioned, that he's included in the example of Bishalakim, and the Chazanish says, even if it's in an industrial setting, there's no kulas as well. We don't accept the heter of <laughs> paspalter by Bishal. So the Chazanish was Mahmer. So we're not, no one's maker like Rav uh, you know, just on this far alone, only B'Tzerif of uh, other kulas which we'll get to in a second. So this is one of the snifim that, that, that they rely on the kula. But because the zera bishalachim is also quite uh, onerous, um, you know, and quite expansive, includes anything that was uh, cooked or baked by a non-cooked uh, by a jew So Chazal introduce certain limitations on this, uh, and it was, pr- again, prim- primarily motivated by chasness, so it might lead to intermarriage. So because of all those factors, Khazal introduced a number of limitations on the gzeir of bishalakim. So look back at his base, the Gemara on the third line says, Amarav Shmuel Barav Yitzchak, Amarav, Kohanecha Kamo Anything that's edible raw, E'en bom yishum bishulayav de'kachaven. Besura masnu hachei that uh, 's how they taught the halakha. that 's how they taught the statement in surah in Pu this is how they taught it it 's not eaten on the kings of uh, tables of kings you know as a course in the meal then it has no, it 's not included in Bishalakim. so one opinion was. It's not, uh, that it only applies to things that are not Nechok <laughs> if it's Nechok <laughs> it was not included, if it's eaten raw. And the other opinion is that if it's not Eilal <laughs> Shulchan, it wouldn't be served at the king's table, then it's not, uh, then it's not included in the Gzaira Bishalakim. Taisis, <laughs> in the last bracket over there, in the name of Rabbein Tam, we accept both kulas. So even though it was introduced, uh, these were two separate statements, which seem to be at odds with each other, you know, what was the proper version, we accept both kulis. So therefore, if it's edible or raw, or it would not make it to the king's table, it's not, they were never included in the Xera bishol akum. It has to be raw, or it's just eaten raw? It can be eaten raw. So even if it's cooked, you can still... <laughs> yes, of course. Even if it's cooked, since it could have been eaten raw, let's say in our times, this used to not be the case, carrots, which no one used to eat, horses used to eat carrots. Now we eat carrots also raw, so if they're not, we will cook them now it's, uh, it changes based on the time and place. So if a we will cook them, so it will be not included in the gzeh of bishalakim. Why, if something is edible raw, was it not included in the gzeh of bishalakim? So look over here at uh, Ois Ches. The Gemara tells us in Mesech have dagim ketanim aluchim, small salted fish, meaning they weren't cooked, they were just salted. So, ein bomishum bishulein nochrim. They're not including the gzeh of bishalakim. Because it could be eaten raw without cooking, just salting. If we'll make a fish a dish out of it by putting it together with fried uh, batter, then it's osar. So Because the fried batter is bishalakum. So that's obvious, the fried batter is bishalakum. No, Tema ma'harsini ikar. I might have said, what's the ikar of this fish, uh, the fish dish over here, this, uh, this uh, casserole or dip, what's the ikar? I might have said, the ikar is the fish. And the batter is a tough ale, meaning in the bracha even be shahako, It shouldn't be mazainas. Kamash kimcha No, the main ingredient over here in this dish is the batter. And since the batter is subject to bishalachol, because the batter is not edible raw, you can't eat raw flour. So even though the fish is edible raw, uh, it's prohibited because of bishalachol. If you make it into a fish uh, dip or some sort of whatever this uh, this uh, dish was. Parenthetically, you see from this Gemara that we follow Tafel and Iker, just like by Hilches Brochus, that if you have two things that are mixed, one is edible raw, one is not edible raw, so we follow whichever is the Iker. And then the whole thing is cooked together, we follow whatever is the Iker. So for this reason, Taisus writes in Mesechus of is that what about beer? Beer, of course, the main ingredient is beer, is water, but they cook it together with uh, wheat or with uh, barley. Hops. Yeah. So the Nakbi though is the one who's cooking it. So should we say the beer is subject to Bishalakum? So Titus writes in the last line over here of Titus of No one makes a masinist on beer. So obviously, what is the main ingredient is not the barley or the wheat. What is it? It's the water. It's not subject to the prohibition of Bishalakum. Because we follow the eker and Tofil, just like the Gemara said, by the fish, if the fish is the main ingredient and that's not subject to Bishalakum because it was edible raw, even though you mix it together with the flour, if that would have been the eker it would not have been subject to Bishalakum. The only reason the Kars of the Harsin was a problem is because the flour is the eker The fish would have been the it would have been permitted. So, salt so over here, the beer is not subject to the problem of bishulakum. The prechadash, based on this, says the same is true with regards to coffee. All of our uh, coffee—I don't know when it arrived this morning—but many of us drink coffee in non-in uh, uh, establishments that are not being run necessarily by Jews. So the the coffee is not necessarily cooked by a Jew. I said, so why isn't that subject to bishulakum? They're cooking the coffee beans. So the answer says the prechadash is the primary ingredient in coffee is the water. And the coffee beans is the is the uh, is the tougher. How do I know? Nobody makes bari pri adamah on coffee like we do on soup. We make a shakon on the So obviously the ikar is the is the water. The some is chidushim on. says coffee is even better than beer because beer, which Tysus was leaning on, because beer the the barley or the wheat is uh, is uh, the sediment that's uh, part of the uh, that's included in the beer. You're actually eating. Part of the, of the wheat or the barley, as opposed to coffee, which is strained. You never have any of the beans in the coffee. There's there's, there's no malmoshes. It's only a tam. It's only a flavor of the beans. So saysek for Certainly, then it should not be included. The birke yosef quotes the aria kodesh that he did not drink coffee that was cooked by a non-Jew because of chasrasha. So bishalakum, but that's uh, you know. Huh? That was Turkish garbage. Is anyone in Michalik different types of cooking? Like sli or tigun? Or... Yeah. Uh, well, they're all included. Okay. But we'll get there might be one, uh, you know, one that's an exclusion. depends how you roast the beans. They can roast it with uh, you know, the gehalim, the uh, That uh, Either way, it's cooked. It's all forms of bella. cooking. Roasting, cooking. That was what Jacob mentioned. All, all included. Anything with heat is included <laughs> in the Easter of I uh, open up a, a a Bishla. I <laughs> why are certain scotches which also rove mayim, right? No. Some people say you need a half sure some people say you can't have a sherry cask, you know, et etc. That's because it's soaked yeah. in a sherry cask which is tray for food. So that's the the, the If you taste the sherry if you taste the sherry and what you're drinking, so then you have a flavor of non kosher wine. That's a whole that's uh, a separate issue. That's a whole separate issue. Yeah, well, it's on uh, the on the some website. Website. Yeah. definitions. we got a we that things like B- with regards to macholas mm-hmm. hasuras, sometimes salting is cooking. With regards to bishalakum, that maliach mm-hmm. is karois se'ach or kavesh k'mavushal. If I leave it soaking in mm-hmm. liquid, sometimes that's cooking. That never applies to bishalakum. Is only limited to cooking through heat. That's boi, um, whatever reason. But, but even though by macholas hasuras, that's not the case. You understand, right? Maliach is karois like se'ach or kavesh k'mavushal. But bishalakum, it says right? in Shocharach explicitly only with regards to heat. Serviche, <laughs> right? Serviche, yeah. That's uh, a yeah, Cooked in vinegar. Right. We discussed this a lot. Like, nice. yeah. We did that during <laughs> that showers. Yeah. Okay. Why, though, is something that's raw, uh, not included, that's edible raw, not included in the Xerah B'shalachim? So Rashi over there in that Gemara, with regards to the fish that's edible raw, so Rashi says it was not included in the Xerah. The Kaven Shenecho, Kemoshuchai, ain't no It's not cooked if it's edible raw. Why? Because it was edible already? What's the definition of cooking? According to Rashi, it seems to be taking something from being inedible and making it edible. So this is Pasha not cooked because it was already edible. That's how Rashi says. However, uh, the Ran over here, Ois Yud, says no, it's because it's not going to lead to intermarriage. If it's edible raw, you don't invite somebody over to socialize over raw carrots and raw cucumbers it's not something you socialize over. You only socialize over a cooked dish that's prepared, that wasn't edible raw. If it's edible raw, then it's not going to lead to intermarriage. So the Ran might have defined Bishol differently than Rashi. Rashi said, what is the definition of Bishol? Is taking something being inedible and making it edible. If it was edible before, it's already Mavushol, or it doesn't require Bishol. The Ran says, no, you took it from being raw to being cooked. Of course that's bisho. The only reason that something that's edible raw is not including bisho lachum is because it's not going to lead to intermarriage. This Machlech is about how to define bisho. Is it taking something from being inedible, or making it edible, or taking something from being raw to being cooked, could have ramifications elsewhere in halacha and will come back also, uh, again, in Bishol So for example, just to take an example outside of Hilchah's Bishol we'll come right back in a second, is in Hilcha Shabbos. The Gemara has a rule, a of Mishnum, that uh, once something is cooked on Shabbos, um, one is allowed to, if it's a dry item, not a liquid item, one is allowed to reheat it in a permissible fashion. Following certain regulations, you can reheat it Shabbos morning, if it's been cooked already. It's known as Ein Bishol Achar Bishol. But how cooked does it have to be in order to reheat it Shabbos <coughs> morning? So the opinion of the Rambam over here, Perak Taz, Alocha Shabbos, is it has to be Mavushal cold sarko. Only once it's fully cooked can I reheat it Shabbos morning, and again under certain, reg- you know, following certain protocols. The, Rash- the Maga Mishnah, though, quotes him the Rashba, who disagrees. He says once it's Mavushal Kamaichel Benderusoi, which is the shear of Bishal to become Chayav on Shabbos, it's either a third cooked or a half cooked two opinions. Once it's cooked, that's enough, and I could, that permits me to reheat it Shabbos morning, again, in whatever apparatus you reheat food Shabbos morning. Already, because it's cooked, what are they arguing about? We're and Shochon He cannot reheat something Shabbos morning unless it's fully cooked, like the Ramadan. But what are they arguing about? So it seems that the opinion of the Rashba is, once something has been cooked, it's no longer raw. The definition of bishul is taking something being raw, to being cooked, even if it was edible raw. But I took it from being raw to being cooked, that's bisho. Once it's cooked though, you can't cook it any further. So once it's cooked, that's cooked in the eyes of halacha. You'd violate bishol if you cooked something from being raw to Once it's cooked, it's cooked. You can't cook it any further, and if you reheat it this morning, it would be permitted. The opinion of the Rambam is that cooking bishol is defined as taking something from being inedible and making it edible. So even if it was edible, Michael Ben-Durusoy, Michael Ben-Durusoy is a half-cooked or a third-cooked, because ben was a, a bandit who was always on the run and eating food even when it wasn't fully cooked. Most people do not eat food half-cooked or a third-cooked. We prefer it to be Mavusho Kol sarko, whatever that means to you. But mavushal Kol Sarko, fully cooked for us, <coughs> not a third-cooked or a half-cooked. So the opinion of the Rama is, yeah, you took it from, uh, it was cooked, it's true, Michael Ben-Dussoy, but you're going to make it better, you're going to make it more edible to more people by cooking it further. And the definition of bisho is not uh, taking something being raw to being cooked, it's rather by taking something from being inedible and making it edible. So if I took something which was only partially edible, and I made it more edible, that would be also on Shabbos. Therefore, the opinion of the Rambam is, though, if you have something, says the Rambam, you cook something that was already fully cooked. Let's say it's edible raw. So the Rambam feels in Hilcha Shabbos, we're not making like this, but the Rambam feels in Hilcha Shabbos, if something is edible raw, you're permitted to reheat it Shabbos morning, or heat it for the first time on Shabbos. Why? Because again, even though it's raw, you're now cooking it for the first time. The Rajbo would say, of course you can't do that. You can't take something being raw to cooking it on Shabbos for the first time. The Rambam feels, no, cooking is defined as not taking something being raw to being cooked, but rather making something from inedible to edible. This item was edible, Kamo That seems solid. to be the Machuksi in the Ran and the Rashi over here only too. Solid only solids. Only solids. Make... Liquids we can't talk about here. A whole different discussion. <laughs> this comes back by Hichel's Bisholakim again. Why? Because this <laughs> Machleks in Rashi in the run. even though we all agree, Dava Shenech, Okmo is permitted, whether it's because it's not considered cooking, because it was edible already, and the cooking accomplished nothing, or whether the definition of cooking is taking something from being raw to being cooked, yeah, but no one's going to uh, socialize over things that are edible raw, this looks about how to define Bishul is it taking sense of being raw to being cooked or being inedible to edible comes back again by Hichos Bisholachim because the Gemara tells them the Sakhthas of Eid over here in the Shulchan Aruch as long as the Jew participates in the cooking uh, minimally, that permits, that's considered to be Bishol Yisrael. So if the Jew likes, uh, you know, puts the pot on the fire or the Jew stirs the pot, he sees the non Jews cooking pasta, he comes and he stirs the pot, that's all permitted, that permits everything. Even though you couldn't have cooked it without the non Jew, as the Jew participated, that's allowed. Any kind of participation. So what about sushi? Sushi? It's edible before? we will get to you. are 100% right. You're 100% right. One second. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So that's... Um, what about the rice? The rice is not edible raw. <laughs> no, but one. we're talking about fish. The fish. Fish, right. it might be edible raw. Yeah. So the, um, the Shulchan Aruch says over here, here that let's say the non-Jew, the Jew, I'm sorry, just lights the oven. Just turns on the oven. So Shulchan Aruch thinks that that's not enough. The Ramaz Mako, even with Shkiris HaTanur, if the Jew just lit the oven, or even if the non-Jew lit the oven from a fire that was lit by the Jew, that's also permitted. What does the Shulchan Aruch want? Stirring or something? Shulchan Aruch says either he puts the pot on the fire or he stirred the pot. Then it's allowed. If he just, the Jew just lit the fire, but he didn't have anything to do with the cooking of the item. He didn't put the pot on the fire or stir the pot. No. And the Ramaz, we all know, Ashkenazim or Mako as long as the Jew turned on the fire, or even if the Jew, uh, the non-Jew, took it from a fire that was lit by the Jew. The Jew turned on a pilot light, which no ovens are made with pilot lights anymore, but in the days of pilot lights, if the Jew lit the pilot light, that made everything that was cooked as long as the pilot light was still burning um, uh, Bisho, Bisho Yisrael. Because this is such a kula, so many were only mekel in houses that belong to Jews where you have the other kula of the raivet, if you remember, in the house of a Jew, where there's no fear of uh, intermarriage in my house. Those who only make it with the pilot like in the house of a Jew, but some were mekel even, even outside. But what about the following situation? That's where the Jew participates in the cooking and it's going to continue uh, you know, along its way. What if the, the Jew uh, puts the pot on the fire before any cooking happens, he takes it off, puts it in the refrigerator. Non Jew comes, takes it out of the refrigerator, and now puts it back on the fire. Sigmar says, No, that's not, that's not. The Jew didn't do anything as far as this beast was concerned. His participation ended the minute it got into the refrigerator. Now the non Jew starts the whole cooking by himself without any participation of the Jew. The, the fact Jew, that the Jew participated the right? doesn't matter. He if, has to participate if, in if the, the reason, cooking. If the reason is because the chash. Food. Yeah, but, but it was, the, but the Xero was limited. The legislation is focused on the cooking. I might have shechted the animal. A Jew had to shech the animal in order for it to be kosher food. You it doesn't you matter. Put the fish that uh, you buy A and B and you, it's frozen. You put it into hot water and yeah, it's considered bishul now. Of course, yeah. of course, considered bishul. So the so let's say a non-Jew is the, the, the Jew participated, but he put it back in the oven. You know, put it back in the refrigerator. His participation is over. Now the non-Jew starts it all over again. He's so, it or he's actually cooking it? No, he's the one who's cooking it. If it's reheated, it's already cooked. That's, of course, permitted. But here, the non-Jew is the one who's, who's really doing the fundamental cooking. So that Gemara says, that's also. But if the Jew cooked it then he put it in the refrigerator. So it was half cooked or a third cooked. ben soy would eat it. The bandit on the run. Most people wouldn't eat it. But it was cooked, now whatever the non-Jew does, it's permitted. Even if the Jew stopped, he froze it, and now the non-Jew is going to cook it the rest of the way. So what's the story? That's, uh, I'm sorry, the mark says that that's permitted. That's permitted. What about the other way, though? What if a non-Jew cooks a kamaychu ben puts it in the refrigerator, and now a Jew is going to do the rest of the cooking? So the Rush says... He says that there are those who are machmir on this. Why? Because the non cooked it. already now it's bishalakim. The fact that a Jew comes now and stirs the pot or a Jew now comes and reheats it, you know, for, uh, cooks it the rest of the way. It's already usher. And the Rush disagrees. The Rush says, no. The definition of bishul is not from taking something to being raw to being cooked, and once it's cooked, it's over, bisho akum, it's done, you can't do anything to help it. No, bishul is defined as taking something from being inedible to being edible. But even though it's a third cooked, a half cooked, it's minimally edible, if the Jew will come and make it more edible, he's participating in the bishul. The door to bisho is not closed, just because it went from being raw to being cooked. He can still participate in the bishul. So the rush allowed that situation. So if a non-Jew cooked in soy, then a Jew comes, and he finishes off the cooking, he makes it edible to everyone, so he participated in the Bishol, because Bishol is defined as taking something from being inedible to being edible. He made it more edible than it was before. That's considered Bishol Yisrael. This is a machlaik between the Shochan Aruch and the Ramah. Shochan Aruch is machmir on this. Once a non Jew cooks a kamako ben derusoy, the Jew cannot help it at all. It's beyond saving. And uh, the Ramah is Mako on this. That even though a non Jew cook a kamakal ben derusai, a third or half of the way cooked, the Jew comes and completes the cooking that's permitted. You'll say, when does this ever come up? It comes up by all frozen food items, uh, which a lot of them, are canned, a lot of them are cooked minimally. F- uh, f- uh, f- frozen uh, French fries or potato latkes are all cooked in the factory minimally. Maybe if you would, you know, let it defrost, Ben Derusoy might eat it. That's by the Nochri. There's a Jew whose an v'Nichnas but he's not there turning on the flame every time. So it's cooked minimally, or you have some canned items also, canned potatoes are cooked minimally. And then the Jew, though, is going to come and he's going to finish off the cooking in his kitchen. He's going to bake the uh, French fries in his oven, bake the potato lock in his oven. So the, the, the place came out, based in the Ramah, once, it, since <coughs> the Jew is participating in the cooking, he's, you know, making it more edible, so that, uh, that enables it, it to be permitted. Like huh? I, I don't know. The second limitation, which is going to bring us to the end, yeah, the second limitation on Bishalakim is that it, can, it has to be something which is oila. Uh, if it's not Eulah, then it's permitted. It would not be served at the king's table. What does this mean, not served at the king's table? So most interpret what this means is it would not be served at a state dinner. Chazanish yeah. felt See. no. If the queen eats it for breakfast, since the queen eats sardines for breakfast, that's <laughs> oil al Shochim That was the language of the Chazanish. So if the queen eats sardines for breakfast, that's oil al Shochim It was generally assumed, though, no. <laughs> she does. Yeah. She I does. Know. She, does not. she does. That's what Chazanish said. I assume she does then. But uh, <laughs> if it would <were> not <laughs> be served at Chazanish, the, uh, most <laughs> Paiskim, I'm sorry, I disagree with the Chazanish. If it would not be served at a state dinner, then that's not considered to be oil al Shochim Huh? But let's say you have a food item that would be served at a state dinner, but it's prepared in a different fashion. Uh, potatoes are certainly served at a state dinner, but uh, I'm going to cut them into small, thin chips and fry them. So now, is that considered to be because potatoes in some other form would find its way to a state dinner, roasted potatoes, but not potato chips? So does that mean potato chips are all al-shulchem mm-hmm. al So there were those who felt that it should depend on each food item. No matter how it's prepared, if that food item would anyway find its way onto the table of the king, so then even if it's prepared in a different fashion, that's subject to be shalakim. That was the opinion of Rabbi Yaakov, and that was the, they called him the name of Rabbi Yashav, like that. In which case, potato chips, even though potato chips would never make it to a state dinner, but potato chips, uh, since potatoes would, and the fried potatoes would, even though it's prepared in a slightly different fashion, that's considered to be oil al-shulchum and that's why you have many companies who make their own brand of potato chips. You know, I don't want to plug any specific brand, but we all know there are Jewish potato chips as opposed to the potato chips that are made by the national brands. They do this in order to avoid bisholakum concerns. However, uh, many other pie scammers, Belsky was, uh, was, uh, was um, famous for this, disagree, and they argue that, uh, no, it should not depend on the food item. If potatoes can find its way to, to you know, a state dinner, then all potatoes are considered to be all al-shulchum It depends on each dish, how it's prepared. See, <clears throat> so even though uh, potatoes find their way to a state dinner, potato chips are not a concern of bishalakum. That's the OU's policy to give hashkocha to national potato chip brands. and are concerned with bishalakum because this item, as it's prepared, will never make its way to a state dinner. Or... Um, <coughs> tuna fish as well. That's one of the issues with the f- tuna fish. Of course, the t- tuna steak would make its way to a state dinner, but tuna fish, canned tuna fish, would probably never make its way to a state dinner mm-hmm. and therefore would probably not be oila uh, al shulchem alachim. It might depend how it's prepared. Which kinds of, uh, of cooking though, this issue uh, with oila al shulchem alachim is one of the coolers with regards to tuna fish. The other cooler with regards to tuna fish, which is in the cans, which is, if you're not familiar, the tuna fish that they make in the cans is cooked um, you know, it's, it's uh, well, edible well, as is. Well, yeah, but it's cooked um, not by Jews. That's one of, the, or some brands are, some brands aren't, that's the big issue with the tuna fish, one of the issues. Are doing? So some are, some aren't. So, so, one kula that they have with regards to the tuna fish is not oil al-shulchum. The other kula might be that it's nechol Now tuna is part of sushi, and at times it's nechol k'moshu or salmon also. But the final kula that they have with regards to the tuna is, as we said before, all forms of cooking are included in the gzeh uh, of bishalakum as long as it involves heat. If it doesn't involve heat, so then they're never included in, the, in, the, in bishalakim. But one of the uh, exceptions to that rule is, uh, is smoking. Look over here, the Shulchan Aruch says in Sif Yud Gimel, if you smoke it, smoking is not included in bishalakum. That's the Talmud, Saddam, as a suffolk about this, is smoking considered bishol, so on Shabbos or Machmir, by the Rises, by the Rabbanans, such as bisholakim or mekel. Smoking is not included in bisholakim. So many of the fish that they're producing is smoked, and even that which is not smoked is cooked in steam first. So many felt, keto. many felt steam has the same status as smoking. Some felt, no, steam is like cooking in water. It's not the same status as smoking. So that's a further machlekes, but that's one of the stadam lakul that they have with regards to the fish, is that it's cooked in steam, which uh, perhaps is not subject to bishalaka. Maybe it's cooked in steam. Again, mu'ushan is not bishalaka. Maybe steam is the same as mu'ushan. That was the opinion of Rabbah Vadir, and many others. Many others were machmir, though. Chazanish <laughs> was machmir, that steam is considered like water. And it's included in uh, So uh, Together with all of the kulas that we've mentioned, uh, the, number one, it might be Nechok <laughs> Moshochai, number two, it might be uh, not oil the canned fish. Number three, it's made in a factory. You can't make tuna fish in your kitchen that looks like the canned tuna. Rav said in such a situation you're never going to find the guy and marry his daughter. So because of all of those, uh, many are, many are maker with regards to the canned fish. But the coals can be soaked in or something. Huh? Then- right, but- he-